Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. I hope that you had a lovely holiday weekend. If you celebrate, if not, happy Passover for the following, the previous week. Um, it's a great new week. It started off raining here in, in uh, southwest Florida, which is a good thing. We need it. So it's only right and just that I bring into the studio one of the funniest, smartest guys I've met in a long time. Craig Pittman is a journalist with the Tampa Bay Times, but he's also quite the author. So stay tuned. We're going to go ahead and meet him in just a minute. Be right back. back and forth for a couple of years, and uh, during Southwest Readers Fest, he came down to promote his book that was published last year called Oh, Florida. Um, the name is actually longer, and you'll hear more about it, but let me just tell you a little bit about Craig, um, although there's a lot more to talk about. Um, he is not a native Floridian, or he is a native Floridian. He was born in Pensacola, but he graduated from uh, Troy State in Alabama, where the dean of his college labeled him the most destructive force on campus because of his muckraking work for the student newspaper. I love that. Um, it's so much fun. He also, now that he's with the Tampa Bay Times, he, he also tells me that he has uh, covered a variety of natural disasters, including the Florida legislature, um, hurricanes, wildfires, and an awful lot he, more. He is an environmental issues reporter for Florida's largest newspaper, and he's really a funny guy. Um, welcome, Craig Pittman, to Authors on the Air. Thank you for being with me tonight, Craig. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, we we met in a, in a beautiful day in southwest Florida, um, as most of them have a tendency to be. Uh, there's a lot of fun talking to you. Um, I, I really have enjoyed picking apart Oh Florida, but it, I want you to give the full name of the book because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't do it justice by just saying Oh Florida or Oh Florida because <laughs> I'm not really even sure what your intention was when you named it that. Um, the full title is Oh, Florida, How America's Weirdest State Influences the Rest of the Country. <clears throat> and the, the, the tagline of the Oh, Florida part comes from my Twitter feed because I would pick up these weird stories going on around the state, and I would always post them with Oh, hashtag Florida, exclamation point. And that sort of became the, the thing. And then um, uh, an editor at Slate asked me to blog about Florida for a month. 2013, so that's what we called the blog, also, O Florida. So that was the, the uh, seed for the book. 
fun is that? Um, you know, I I knew that you were a journalist, and you know, I, I follow your pages and all, and I I've enjoyed reading your stuff, but um, I did I was not aware uh, up until recently that you have published quite a few books, um, and most of them are concerning environmental issues in Florida, which are very unique to Florida, and um, and also one book that I'm going to let you describe the sense of scandal because it, <laughs> sure. it's really interesting, but, but let's talk about, first of all, I want to go back through and talk about Florida's wetlands. Most people who do not live here do not know what the wetlands are. Will you, you wrote a book called paving paradise, Florida's vanishing wetlands and the failure of no net loss, Florida history and culture. What, First of all, explain what the wetlands are to those who are not familiar with Florida. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, it's sort of summed up by their name. They're they're neither land nor water. They're wetland. They're uh, marshes, swamps, bogs, and so forth that are found all over Florida. Florida has more wetlands than any other state except Alaska, and we are routinely losing more wetlands than any other state that. The federal agency that's in charge of, of protecting the wetlands is the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and they issue more permits to destroy wetlands in Florida than any other state. And so um, when I found out that, that little nugget of fact, I thought, wow, that's a, that's a story. It would be great if we could map where all the wetlands are that they're letting people destroy. So I worked with another reporter named Matt Wade, and we did a series of stories for the, for the St. Pete Times, now the Tampa Bay Times, where we used satellite imagery in order to, to figure out where the wetlands had been and then where they'd been paved over. And the series won, all, won some national awards, and somebody said, hey, you guys should turn that into a book. So we did. So that was the, that's the first book, Paving Paradise. Where we, we, and it was funny, every time we went to the Corps of Engineers for information, they said, sorry, we're too busy issuing more permits to answer your question. <laughs> so we ended up getting – what getting their paperwork sorry, with it. There was this one poor woman uh -huh. named Nancy. She had all the f files and everything in her desk. So we basically put in a Freedom of Information Act request for Nancy's desk. <laughs> we took all of her wow. paper, paper files and built spreadsheets and everything and calculated what they had been doing, that they had been wiping out thousands and thousands of acres. And we went and showed it to them, and they said, wow, we wish we, we, wish we could do that. <laughs> we wish we could figure it out like that. <laughs> um. It, that's scary to me because um, our, our largest and most well-known wetland, of course, is the Everglades. And right. um, been born and raised in Miami, I remember that if you got out to Southwest A Street, you pretty much were in the Everglades. And mm -hmm. now you can't go – Chrome was positively – you know, you had to take an airboat to go to Chrome Avenue. And right. now the the houses are so far beyond Chrome Avenue that the boundary for, for building has been moved over and over and over again by Dade County. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're well aware of that. Oh, yeah. I often wonder when hurricanes or, or anything else hits, do these people wonder why their houses flood? Because they, they are do. built on the river of grass. Yeah. Um, what did you find out that, most of our wetlands were being built by and by whom? And well, uh, a lot, a, a lot of it was for development, of course. Uh, but the Corps of Engineers told us that the entity that issued the most permits for it was the 
Florida Department of Transportation, that the, 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 the agency that builds roads was wiping out more wetlands than anybody else. And, of course, once they built a road through an undeveloped area, that led to development in that area. And, and so they were sort of planting the seeds for, for losing even more wetlands. And the idea uh, – the, the part of that book is, is examining there's this federal policy of no net loss that says if you wipe out a wetland over here, you make up for it over there, and that way there's no net loss and everything balances out. And so we looked at all the ways in which things weren't balancing out, and you know these new artificial wetlands that were being built weren't working, and the DOT was building an awful lot of these things, and they just weren't working. And we were able to document that as well, that, that you know over and over and over again they'd try and build a wetland when there wasn't a wetland to make up for wiping out one that was, and then they'd say, oops, well, I guess it's not working. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it, it, it just happened over and over again. It's interesting to and me. It's your, that you and it's your tax dollars part- paying for it. Well, of course it is. Who else would pay for mm-hmm. it? Uh, yeah. The DOT in Florida is an interesting entity because they build roads that look like spaghetti in a bowl, and um, <laughs> none of them alleviate traffic. Am I right? I mean, look at uh, crossing over. Like if you try to go to Fort Lauderdale from from where we are, um, you go through that. I-75, 595, gets you over to 95, but it's like spaghetti there, trying to go yeah. in and out. It's, it's no longer a cloverleaf type of thing. None of it makes any sense. Um, I think it's a marijuana leaf, always personally. be on the right. Now they're on the left. I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. I said I think it's a uh, marijuana yeah. leaf, not a cloverleaf. <laughs> I think that explains what, the, well, it, it what you feel when you now. get through there. Uh, it really is. It's crazy. And never, ever, ever is there a lessening of traffic. So, um, you know, it's almost like saying which came first, the chicken or the egg. I think it's the eggheads came first, to be honest with you. You, um, in, you, in, you know, Florida. Book. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was just going to say, in you know, Florida, I pointed out that there's a chapter on driving in Florida, and I pointed out that the <laughs> largest – traffic barricade company in the country is based in florida it's bob's barricades because so, everywhere you go in florida you see bob's barricades put up because they're they're constantly yes, working do. on the roads here and so my theory is that it doesn't matter who's in the governor's mansion who controls the legislature the real ruler of it's florida bob. the person who decides what happens here is is the guy who owns right. bob's barricades whose name is it's not true. bob it's his name is not bob it's happy happy <laughs> Happy is the man okay, who owns Bob Barricades. Absolutely. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. I also was fascinated to find out that you were very interested in what we used to call sea cows. Um, mm-hmm. When I was growing up, we used to be able to swim in the canals in Miami. And yep. in the water were these gentle, ugly things that were ur- – Herbivores, not they do not eat fish. I don't believe, but they eat the mm, no, no leaves and they're nature's do hippies. They? they eat fish. Yeah, they're, yes, they're they no, are. they're nature's hippies. They're yeah. strict vegetarians. They have a strong sex drive. Yeah. They greet each other with something like a kiss. Uh, then their only enemy is is man and his powerboats. Right. So we of course are talking about manatees, and mm-hmm. manatees. Um, uh, you can throw a head of lettuce in there, and uh, and you'll get. Um, a herd of manatees coming around into the water. They're very sweet and very gentle. Um, and they do give kisses, I think, even to humans who, who they're used to being around. Um, so 
the big the big talk this year, and this is what I heard on my local NPR station, was that, oh, hallelujah, we're not losing manatees anymore. The um, the the herds are, are getting better. We're seeing more and more of them. Uh, and I just don't believe that's true. I may be wrong, but what did your research tell you? Um, well, uh, what that report was probably talking about was the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service declared uh, last month that manatees are no longer endangered, that now they're merely a threatened species, which is a, a huge turnaround because they've been they were on the very first endangered species list that came out in 1967. They've been on that list ever ever since as endangered. Uh, it appears to be true that there are more manatees than there used to be. There, are, the last three years, they've counted about 6,000 of them in Florida's waterways, which is a, a higher count than they've had in the past. But the thing is, and the thing you have to remember, is that manatees weren't put on that endangered list because of how many there were. Because back then the biologists said, we don't know how many there are. They're under, they stay underwater, you know, except for when they have to surface every five minutes to breathe. Instead, they were put on the endangered list because of the threats that they face from being run over by boats and losing their habitat to waterfront development. And as the you know, advocates for manatees point out, those two threats haven't gone away. They've just gotten worse. Uh, last year, more than 100 manatees were killed by boats. That's the highest number ever. It was 104 total. And the pace of develop, waterfront development in Florida has not gone away. It's still there, and, and it's stronger than ever this year. So um, it will be interesting, the, Craig. To when, excuse me for just a, uh, because you know sure. my brain is not as sharp as yours. But my thought was it will be interesting when turnaround is fair play because. All those waterfront properties that are slowly sinking into the ocean, um, will, the residents will still, still or will hopefully be joining manatees because they are indeed <laughs> sinking with our rising tides. Um, yeah. And I think Miami Beach is a great example. You know, they're in a panic sure. about that. The seawalls mm-hmm. are sinking into the into the water as we speak, uh, which one sure. of the, was one of the reasons I happily left Miami. I want to talk <laughs> about O Florida because. Okay, I love I love this book. I love everything about this Thank book. You. I know I, it's so funny and it's so true. And I I I want to say yes, we have these unbelievably big snakes in the Everglades that don't belong there. Mm-hmm. We have like over here on our side of the state, you know, there are monitored lizards, which obviously are not native species. Right. Um, there is not a day goes by when you don't hear an alligator story. Let's talk about O Florida and um, why you decided to write about it. Because you're right that to outsiders, it's a very confusing state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the Well, uh, my particular goal with it was to try and get that out there during the presidential campaign because it seems like – Every four years is when the nation really pays attention to Florida, wondering how we're going to screw up the next right. election. So, right. so I figured that's the right time to get a, get a book out to tell people, hey, you know, we're more than just the punchline state. There's, you know, yes, there's crazy, wild, wacky stuff going on here all the time, uh, but right. also there are things that happen here that are influencing the life all throughout the United States and in some cases the world, and people don't, often don't even realize that. And so I wanted to try and tell both of those sides of the story, you know, to say, yes, crazy stuff happens here, but also sometimes that crazy stuff, you know, is actually pretty important to you. Um, 
And so I'm, I, I, I divided the book examples. up into. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, uh, well, uh, the most obvious one is uh, a guy named John Adonassoff, who grew up in Polk County. His dad was a phosphate mining engineer who always carried a slide rule. And young John was became fascinated with his dad's slide rule, and it led him to eventually inventing the first computer. So the next time you're watching your you know cat videos or playing online solitaire, say a thanks to a Florida man, John Adonassoff. Um, another one was, is, uh, there was a guy who, uh, in the 1920s used to, he was going to a Bible college at what used to be a failed, uh, golf course development. And he would go out on the Hillsborough river and, and practice his preaching by yelling at alligators in the river. And that guy ended up becoming Billy Graham. He got his call to preach on an abandoned golf course in Temple Terrace. Um, probably my favorite one is the story of the two crooked Miami beach cops, they would go out and, and, and walk their beat during the day. And then at night they'd go back and rob the places they were protecting. And one guy would stand guard outside and the, and the other guy would go in and rifle through the cash register and they'd communicate by walkie talkie. One night there was a ham radio operator who lived in the neighborhood and he, he couldn't sleep. So he got out of bed and turned on his radio and he picked up their walkie talkie transmissions. And he realized he was hearing some sort of crime being committed. So he tape recorded it turned over the tape to the cops. Of course, the cops listen to it and go, oh, my God, we know those voices. That's Bert and Ernie. And then they you know, arrest the guys. They put them on trial. They're convicted, you know, and also they're sent to prison. But their attorney appealed the case all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, not based on the evidence against them, but because there was a TV camera in the courtroom. And Florida was undergoing a one-year trial period of letting TV cameras in, and this attorney contended having that TV camera there prejudiced the jury against his clients. And the U.S. Supreme Court said, no, it's okay to have TV cameras in, in state courtrooms, and that's why we have TV cameras all over the United States filming trials like O.J. Simpson and so forth. Um, so you know, all, all thanks to a couple of crooked Miami Beach cops and a ham radio operator who couldn't sleep. All right, I, 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 I got, I got um, <laughs> cut off from my own show. <laughs> I swear to God, it's so funny. I got I got cut off. I apologize. Are you there? Oh jeez. All right, folks. I don't know what's going on. Let me let me call Craig back again and and see if we can get. It's so bizarre. Sometimes I love live radio. Okay, we're gonna see if we can't get him back on again. Hold on a second there. Back. Sorry about that. There was a there was a power surge and I got cut off from my own show. <laughs> <laughs> are we on the air still or or not? Uh, we're we're going. We're still live. So oh okay. Talking, All right. I, yeah yeah. See, this You've is, been talking this is all part, along. Just, I, I have. This is part of the joy of living in Florida. See, this is part of the joy of living in Florida. Is you never know what's going to happen next. Yeah, uh, you know we. You know, we you, it's absolutely true. I um I I have some questions I want to ask you because I missed about sure. you know a minute of what you were talking about so so we'll just go forward on that because um one of the things I enjoy the most and I I have said this on my my um Facebook page is that you do a weekly newsletter the O Florida newsletter and yes. you always name five things in the news that are crazy 
five yes. crazy things that have happened during the week. Will you please tell us about your five this week? Oh, this week? Um, well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't got any this week yet. Okay. <laughs> the week just started. The, the week just started. Now, for last time. week, yes. now for yes. for last week, um, uh, let's see. Well, my favorite one I think was the woman who uh, was charged was being sought on charges of desecrating a tomb because she had taken the ashes of her ex-roommate's father and dumped them on a police officer's leg and foot. Now, there was a, there, I know, there was, a, there was another one where um, uh, Walmart was being forced to recall uh, a, a salad, um, a pre-made salad oh, yeah. packaging because two people right. in Florida had been eating their salad and then suddenly discovered there was a dead bat in it. How um, did that happen? Uh, you you got me. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even know bats were vegetarian. <laughs> well, fruit bats, of course. But, but how bizarre is that? I, I want to go back to the first story, though, because, sure. you're, well, of course, where do you get these? Because you're a journalist, and this stuff must come across the wires all the time, or you actively search out the most bizarre stories of the day. It's the second one. I'm I'm always looking for this stuff because I, 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 I'm still tweeting it. Uh, and sometimes people point it out to me, and sometimes I just stumble across it. There are some regular sources I check. There's a, there's a Reddit uh, a thread called Florida Man. Uh, FARC, has, it has, FARC has a Florida section. We're the only state that has its own section on, Florida, on, on, on FARC. Um, and, uh, Why do we have uh, a section on FARC, by the way? Uh, on on far, well, actually, they're the ones who first sort of declared us weird enough that we deserved our own tag on FARC. Have you ever looked at FARC.com? They post all kinds of, of weird, wild they, – they post all kind of weird, wild, crazy stuff going on all over the world and usually tag it, you know, sad or pathetic or crazy. Florida, and now there's a tag that says Florida, and we got that in 2001 after the election debacle. <laughs> so <laughs> draw your own conclusions. <laughs> and, and all. I know we'll, yes. we'll never live it down. But uh, no. so let let you had another really great story about a horse. Yo, uh, yeah, Facebook video that? shows horse attacking an alligator, and, and that was in Payne's Prairie in in Gainesville. Uh, I don't think anybody's been able to find out anything more about the video about who shot her or anything like that. But it clearly shows this horse going up and just stomping all over an alligator, which is not what you would expect to happen. Which is like I said, that's part of what I love about Florida is, you know, we're like we're like the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects what's going to happen in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, <laughs> when you started your journalism career, I mean, obviously you went from college to writing right away. Did you go to St. Pete Times? I, I, you know, I'm saying, no, no. I mean, it's no. Fantastic. I went to my when, where did I you went go? to my hometown paper. I went to my hometown paper first, the Pensacola News Journal, which is uh, just a uh, Pensacola is just a hotbed of craziness already. Uh, so, I, you know, but I, growing up in Florida, I didn't realize how crazy we were because we were, I thought every state was just as wacky, you know. Um, right. I thought every state had politicians who called themselves the bandy rooster and the he coon. <laughs> I thought every every beach town had a, had a uh, fake uh, uh, UFO sitting on top of a, a house out there, which there is one in, in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Um, yes. they're only, those things are, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever seen one of them? There's one in Tampa also. Yes. They're called Fu Nothing Futuro houses. Yeah. They're, they're, they're originally built 
as by this they're supposed to be for skiers like a temporary shelter for 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 skiers for ice skiers uh and, and to be put on the side of mountains but instead they're on top of this beach house in in Gulf Breeze and then there's one in Tampa that is the VIP room for a strip joint a lot weirder than I even knew. I, you know, in Miami, you just expect bizarre, be, uh, you know, because it is bizarre. I mean, there's there's n- right. not anything normal about anything. Um, no. This is a pl- now. I, I I grew up in Hialeah, right down from mm-hmm. Hialeah Racetrack, and so you, oh, know, yeah. you could be driving through Hialeah, and right in the dead center, you're in Miami, and then about a quarter of a mile later, you're in Hialeah again, and, and that's there's just one little, you know, maybe quarter of an acre that's just city of my or Dade mm-hmm. County actually <laughs> with a northwest address and so that seemed pretty okay that was you know I learned to get around there I grew up on a block where my friends uh my neighbor's kids had a boa constrictor a, a great dame named tiny um a little dachshund named wolf and a Cotamundi. <laughs> which I had no idea there what that go. was. But, but <laughs> two blocks over was a guy who kept a lion chained in his backyard. And then two blocks forward was a guy who had a Florida black bear that he normally kept out on his hunting camp in the Everglades. But every so often, he'd bring him into the hood on this big chain <laughs> and would say, oh, he's he's just tame as anything. You know, it was just, and when the lion got loose one time, um, you know, see, I figured out all kids grew up like this. Yeah, it wasn't I yeah, exactly. To find out they did not, <laughs> and, you know. No. That people we're don't special know in Florida. We are. Oh yeah. Yeah. People don't know what gigging is. Um, they've mm-hmm. never been to Alligator Alley down all the way out Alligator Alley, and mm-hmm. um, ha- ever had alligator tail and yeah. it, alligator tidbits and mm-hmm. <laughs> and assorted <laughs> other creatures. Frog legs are a big thing. That's what you gig for. You go for frog yeah, legs. So absolutely. See, to me, this was all normal. Um, I didn't realize until later that we're really not that normal. No, we're not at all normal. <laughs> and it's and, funny and, to me how many how many places in Florida vie for the honor of being the craziest. I mean, you know, you got Miami, of course, which boasts of being the capital of the third, the American capital of the third world. You've got uh, uh, Key West, where they like to call themselves Key Weird. Um, I'm constantly it's hearing flack from my friends. Yeah, I am constantly yeah. hearing flack from my friends in Lakeland claiming Polk County is much crazier than Pasco County. And then Pasco County, people argue the other opposite. And then up in the Panhandle, I've got friends up in uh, northwest Florida who are like, no, 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 we've got the best police beat items up here by far, <laughs> especially during spring break. So, I mean, it's. People people actually want to want to brag about how strange they are in Florida. <laughs> and then there's Tallahassee. Oh, that takes ah, the cake. Tallahassee. Yes. Tallahassee. <laughs> yep. Ah, Tallahassee. Our our fine seat of government, where, as you so adeptly pointed out, that Barack Obama won in the landslide. Let yet we elected a Tea Party guy who who was a billionaire after his company scammed Medicare to the largest scam. Uh, uh, you know outrageous billing practice ever and brought down a hospital corporation it's just bizarre isn't it um well and we're we're, we're not a red state or a blue state we're a purple state and no, we're i mean purple is a stone are. bruise yeah yeah and yeah, the thing is really every are. four years it's a it's a different it's really is kind of a different voter base because we have so many new people moving here 
that weren't here four years ago. So well, not so only does that mean you ones are moving out, we've had. A yeah, job. well, there's that. That's well, there's that. And also, you know, with the most recent election, we had an awful lot of uh, Puerto Ricans who have moved into central Florida right. because of the bad things going on the island there. So they they are surpassing Cubans as the largest Hispanic group in Florida now. And so that's going to change some of the politics here as well. It's just it's just absolutely fascinating to me about how this state changes. One of my favorite examples is from your your back your old backyard back there from the town of Sweetwater mm-hmm. uh, in Miami-Dade oh, yeah. County, which was founded by a troop of Russian circus midgets whose bus broke down. And they said, well, this is as good a place as any to build our little houses. And now, more recently, yeah, more recently, it's been been the the home of Nicaraguan refugees. So it's gone from Russian circus midgets to Nicaraguan refugees in the course of about 50, 60 years. (laughs) But that's Florida. (laughs) People ask me, well, I have a grin on my face all the time. It is because I'm happy. It's because I'm deranged from living here. I, you know, and there's only one other state you can go to to meet more Miamians than ever was po- you thought possible, and that is to North Carolina. You go to, oh, yeah. you go up there and you settle into a community in North Carolina where everybody has fled Miami, and you mm-hmm. see your same old neighbors. You never have to worry about meeting new friends because all of them are already there. <laughs> yeah, I think they're called halfbacks, aren't they? A lot of them people who have people who moved to Florida and then they move halfway back. Because they're, they're called That's back. right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And in, in my little enclave here, we have a lot of um, folks from Ohio and Michigan, and a lot of Germans. I don't understand mm-hmm. it. I know in Lake Worth they have the Finnish population up there. It's a very strange state. It really is when I talk about oh, it. Oh yeah. And then there's the breed. It's like a feeding place for um, anyone who wants to write demented fiction. Wouldn't you think? Yes. Well, yeah, you just have to read the paper. That, that you know, that's that's where you where you look for your inspiration. I mean, Carl Hyacin always says he doesn't make anything up; he just reads the paper. <laughs> so, and he writes it too. Just yeah, yeah, do. exactly. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Times because I like that newspaper very much. It's probably the one I look to most if I'm going to read a newspaper. I'll read Tampa Thank Bay you. Times. I used to, you're welcome. I used to um, like to read the Miami Herald, but you know, I am getting whiplash from going left to right, left to right on that paper, depending upon who the publisher is or the editors and everything else. It's kind of crazy. It's like the rest of Miami, very bipolar. So um, I, I've always liked the Tampa Bay Times. How long have you been with the newspaper there, Craig? Uh, I started here in 89, and I was in a, a bureau of a bureau. That's how small the place was. <laughs> There's only four of us wow. in that in that little place. And then uh, uh, but I've been covering environmental issues since 1998, and I've, I've almost got the hang of it. Well, I hope so. Um, it's only been a couple <laughs> years, though. You may have to yeah. do a few more. Um, I might. Was that your choice? It's the, be- it's the best to... beat. It really is the best beat in American journalism because I get to write about uh, – number one, they pay me to go out and ride around on a boat now and again. But number two, I get to write about a lot of the crazy stuff that happens in Florida as part of my beat. And, you know, I get to write about – Pythons battling Everglades, battling uh, alligators in the Everglades. I get to write about the, the the giant African land snails that got smuggled in here by a religious cult and have now like taken over South Florida. Uh, I've written about the uh, the iguanas down on Sanibel that have, or I'm sorry, Boca Grande yeah. that have got to be so bad that the Lee County actually imposed an iguana tax 
to hire a trapper to go out and trap the iguanas. I mean, these are such great stories and you can't possibly make them up. (laughs) You know, um, Janet Reno lived not far from where I did a walking distance. And um, Mm -hmm. at one point when I had a different business, her, her house was right behind or my office building was right in front of where she lived. And every night I would come out of my office and standing on top of my car was one of her peacocks. And, oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, mm-hmm. she had the, loads of them, loads of them, and they're mm-hmm. nasty and they scream really loud. And usually it's the peahens that are, are the worst. But they scratch the uh-huh. on your car and everything. And I swear, one day I was coming, going down a side street to go home, and two of her peacocks were standing in the middle of the road in a face-off with an iguana. That was about four feet long. You, That's classic you know, Florida, right there. <laughs> it is. You just drive around and and you know and just move on. You just move on. Mm-hmm. It is a very yeah. strange place, but but there are some. I think Florida has some of the best writers there are, fiction writers and nonfiction writers. Sure. Do you agree? Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, John D. McDonald was a big inspiration to me growing up. Um, reading about, you know, he, he, uh, he would write these thrillers, but he'd sort of smuggle in these messages that Florida's a pretty special place and there are people trying to tear it down. Maybe you ought to value it more than that. Um, um, some modern writers, Cynthia Barnett, my friend who lives up in Cedar Key and writes, uh, or, uh, writes about, uh, her most recent book is a book about rain a nonfiction book about rain, which is just an absolutely fascinating topic. And she, t- she actually tells some funny Florida stories in that book. One of them, one of which I used in, in mine where she talked about the time in Punta Gorda where it rained golf balls in 1969. Um, and they, they, they think a water spout might've sucked the golf balls up out of a water, out of a golf course water hazard and then just dropped them in downtown. <laughs> um, uh, I know, I know, uh, I know. Uh, uh, Connie Mae Fowler, who lives up in, in uh, 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 St. Augustine and wrote uh, Sugar Cage. She wrote Before Women Had Wings. She's got a new one coming out uh, called A Million Tiny Bones. It's about her personal experiences with the oil spill washing up on her uh, beach property there in the panhandle and how, how uh, upset she was about that. So, I mean, it's just a you, you, you have such a wide range of things that you can read from here. Je- there's a guy named Jeff Vandermeer who has written this wonderful, wonderfully scary horror series called the Southern Reach Trilogy that's set up in North Florida, set in and around the Tallahassee area. And they're making a movie out of that one. It's just a it's just spellbinding stuff. Based it's on like the legislature it's, up there or something. Well, no, no, but it's <laughs> seriously, it's like Thoreau crossed with H.P. Lovecraft. It's that, it's just oh, that wow. level of kind of, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really good. Uh, the first book is called Annihilation. I, I've been recommending it to everybody. Um, so, and, you know, we've got so we've got science, we got science fiction guys like Hugh Howey who lives over in Jupiter. We got James right. Patterson who writes, I think every I'm, every I'm book that's ever published right now. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yes. Jim lives uh, in Lantana, yeah. Yeah. Randy uh, White, uh, we've got Paul yeah. Levine, we've got Dave mm-hmm. Barry, Carl Hyacin, there's you, there's Suzanne Brockman, who lives up in yeah. Tampa, Diane Capri, who lives up in Tampa. I, I mean, there are more. I, yes. I go through a lot of Florida authors whenever oh, I sure. can. I, I like to have Florida Author Week. 
Um, mm-hmm. Were you around? And I mean, not all, and not all of them write about. By the way, not all of them write about Florida. Of course, you know we got Lisa Unger no, no. in uh, Clearwater and right. uh, Edwidge Danikant right. down in in Miami. So I mean, Miami. but people find this a very a very uh, uh, conducive. Fertile, I think you'd say to to artistic creation. Fertile is a fertile fertile landscape for, yeah. for fiction and nonfiction alike. Were you here yes. when uh, it snowed in Miami? Um, I, what year was that? Cause I was here when it snowed in St. Pete and that was 89. 79. Okay. 70, no, 79. 70, 70, no, seven, let me see. 79, I think. Yeah. 1979. 79. I was, I was in, I was in college. I was, I, well, bite me. I was <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. You asked. <laughs> I know. Stupid me. I remember driving to work. I was going down Lejeune Road in front of Miami International Airport, and it was just a really gloomy day. And I'm thinking, oh my God, it's going to rain. I hate when it rains. I don't have covered parking, you know. And then I'm looking, the rain's not, the rain is sticking to my windshield, and it's not going <laughs> away, and it's, it's creating a blur. And it was very, very strange. Um, people literally were pulling over off the side of the road. And just raising their eyes to heaven, like, is is it ashes? Is this the apocalypse? Whatever. I remember just saying, oh, good, there's no one on the road. I'm getting to work early. <laughs> that was <it>. <laughs> <laughs> one bizarre weather incident, you know. Of course, we have our share of, you know, the crazies who are out in the Everglades. And, um, right. you know, we, I mean, not, and, and this is not to knock practical prepping because we we have a show on this network that's very very good about preparedness and living uh-huh. with hurricanes you have to be but yeah you know there are some strange people there are these 90 year old men running around out there who are going to overthrow the castro government one of these sure mm-hmm. uh, so so that's a lot of fun although chances are they're they're uh Training camp has been in the wetlands has been taken over by the Department of Transportation. <laughs> well, that's a possibility too. Well, uh, and I was just uh, uh, there's a there's another there's a guy I know who used to uh, who's from Punta Gorda. We were chatting about some of the weird stuff that's happened in in that area, and he was telling me about a guy named Wild Bill Blevins, who, as a sort of a publicity stunt, went out naked and lived in the wild out there for uh, for a year. Just to prove that he could. I I heard as a, about as a, he was just yeah. yeah, he was just on NPR. He did he's yeah, he's a really strange character. Yes. Yeah. What exactly what do we know about him? Is he back now? I mean, didn't he come no. back and leave again? No, uh I think I think he's actually dead and but the question was he had supposedly written some memoirs and people were trying to find the memoirs to see where he wrote about how he had survived out there for a year and I don't think they've been able to locate them yet. It's one of those mysteries like what happened to Al Goldstein's statue of a hand flipping the bird that used to sit on the intercoastal waterway. <laughs> right. Remember that? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now they want to uh, – uh, are they building some kind of like uh, arc or something on South Beach or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember they, they, were building, they were building an arc. I don't remember if it was on South Beach, but, yeah, they were building an arc uh, as yep. a way to promote – people's awareness about like, Bible. But I mean, you know, we have, we have the Holy Land experience in Orlando near uh, Disney World where they recreate the uh, crucifixion six days a week. And they rest on Sunday, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. 
I was wondering if they had a special show for Easter, but apparently not. So. <laughs> oh, goodness. Craig Pittman, I love talking to you. I love the <laughs> stories in your book. Oh, Florida. Thank you. It really is a ton of fun. I look forward to getting your newsletters. Tell everybody where they can find you on the web, please. Um, uh, O-Florida.com is the website. Uh, and you can go on there and see how to sign up for the newsletter and all that jazz. Before we go, do you mind if I mention the scent of scandal one more time? No. We, did, we never got around to that story. That yes. yes, I want yes. to talk about that one. Please do. Let's talk about it. Um, because this is kind of a, it's a true story, but it's true yes. Florida story. And, and, yes. and it doesn't get any better. Go ahead and let's talk about this. <laughs> Um, It's a story about uh, this guy uh, who wanted to discover uh, an orchid. He wanted to have his name put on an orchid species. Orchid people are are really interesting folks. All the ones I've talked to are really highly intelligent. They're very verbal, very – they love talking, uh, and they tend to be very opinionated and a little bit obsessed. And this guy was obsessed. His name was Michael Kovac. Yeah, Yeah, his name was James Michael Kovac, and he was obsessed with – getting a new species named after him. And so he went, he met a guy from Miami named Lee Moore, whose nickname is the adventurer. And if you didn't know that Lee would show you his business card, cause it's on that. <laughs> it says the adventurer on his business card. Lee's been tramping around South America for decades and has repeatedly dodged death, dodged the authorities. I once made the mistake of accusing him of being an orchid smuggler. And he said, no, I used the orchids to hide what I was really smuggling. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and, and he's got, I I know, and he's got dozens of species named after him. And so he said, Kovac said, Lee, I'd love, I'd love it to just have one species named after me. And Moore said, come with me to Peru and we'll see what we can do. And so he comes down to Peru and he, and Lee sends him up into the Andes with his driver and says, look around. And he comes, the, Kovac comes back and he's got the most spectacular orchid discovery of the past century. And Lee Moore says, get that thing to Selby Gardens in Sarasota and get him to name it for you before somebody else beats you to it. So he stuffs the, the, this amazing discovery in his luggage with his dirty underwear and flies to Miami and manages to get through <laughs> customs without any questions and drives it to Selby Botanical Gardens in Sarasota, which is this beautiful tourist attraction slash scientific research facility where they do research on orchids. And he went in and showed it to them, and they went nuts. They said, this is incredible. Yes, well, of course, we'll be glad to name it after you. And so they write up the, the description of it. They get it published, and everybody's patting themselves on the back. And then Peru files a formal complaint and says, this guy didn't have any permits to take that out of our country. We would like it back, please. <laughs> it becomes this international incident. The fact that it's named after Kovac, it, one guy said it's tantamount to him having a sign on his back saying, please come arrest me. Armed federal agents showed up at his greenhouse and surrounded it and confiscated 300 orchids and his proposed script for a new reality show called The Orchid Hunter, starring James Michael Kovac. They started dragging in, I know, they started dragging in the Selby Botanical Garden scientists and officials and questioning them in front of a grand jury in Tampa. And the whole thing just kind of went haywire after that. It just went crazy. And so I wrote this book about it. And I sort of structured it like a mystery because that's the way it plays out. There's lots of twists and turns. And and so I didn't know this was going to happen. But on it, when the book came out, when it was published, on the back it says it's classified. And I think it's the only book ever published this way. It's classified as true crime slash gardening. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about crime. 
gosh, Sonner's there. <laughs> I always feel bad for the bookstore clerks trying to figure out where it goes. <laughs> I guess they put it on the front table. It'll be fine there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some end caps. Put it on some of the end caps. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. What? I'm so glad that we – you'll have to come back again, really, and, and sure. tell us some more great stories. I'd love to hear more. I'm sorry I got cut off from you, although apparently you were entertaining to the listeners because no one left. And um, that, shows you, that shows you how important I am to the whole Magilla, you know. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, Craig. I hope we meet oh, up my again pleasure. soon. I, I really have enjoyed talking to you. And um, good luck with the success of the uh, – you've already – you've gotten rave reviews on it. This book's a, a, a huge bestseller. I'm Thank so glad you so much. to you. Thanks. So and I'll be, I'll be at the L.A. Times – I'll be at the LA Times Book Festival talking about it on Saturday. So if anybody's out there, come see me. All right. Me. So if you're out in LA, go go and where's your? Tell them your Facebook page too, where you uh, so they can go and and hear all about you and look up your your stuff. Oh, Facebook. The Facebook page is also called O Florida. So go go look okay. it up there. Yeah, go check it out. Craig, thank you again. It has been a pleasure speaking pleasure. to you all over again. We had a really good time at Southwest Readers Fest. Standing next to Colin with his um, his big newfie and then the, yeah. the guy who brought his newfie there, it was a ton of fun. It's hot, it's hot, you know. What do they say? Never put kids and pets in in your books or movies. Yeah, That's the reason for that. Yeah, we were yeah. definitely on stage for sure. Have a great evening. Thank you so much thank for being you. with me. All right, and thank you again, listeners. Good night, everyone. Good night, Craig. Good night. <laughs>